Hi everyone and welcome to Opera Omnia Season 2 Episode 5 The Book End The Eulogy The almost final stop Because, I mean, Peter Strickland might release more movies And when he does that, I dare say we'll be back to discuss them But yeah, the, the final word as it stands just now On Season 2's run Looking at the Peter Strickland filmography Joining me is the resident host Who we are bidding... Farewell to, for now, like I say, he'll be back, he'll be back, because Peter Strickland, busy guy, will make movies, and we will have to talk about him, but it is my good friend, Richard, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing so good, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm here, you I'm, are here. I'm feeling good, so that's all you can ask for, right? That's, yeah, well, that's two ticks in the win column, um, so that's mm-hmm. how I look at it. Now, and I, I get checked for ticks daily, so I do not have any of those. <laughs> uh, this is the thing that I, I've, I've kind of, I did on the first season, and I, I'm going to keep doing it. I enjoy coming back, kind of post-recording all the episodes, just to, to look back over, you know, the director just as a whole. It's kind of final statements on the director, so to speak, but also to revisit the three words that you selected for Peter Strickland way back at the start in advance of viewing some of the movies for the first time. Now, before we get chatting about uh, your kind of final thoughts on the director, I thought it might be worthwhile to to look back on those words. So the three words you used to describe Peter Strickland in advance of seeing all his movies were brooding, simscapes and wistful. Um, Richard, the question to you is, still happy with those three words to describe? his movies or do you want to swap out anything for anything else at this stage well um i'm glad you asked because <laughs> that's like what we're doing now um the the three words i picked i can still keep uh good old brooding yep and i can still keep wistful i still believe that even if the film itself isn't wistful that perhaps our buddy Strickland is looking back on these. Mm-hmm. The, his, his filmmaking harkens back to previous eras. So I believe he's looking at these things wistfully, even if the movie itself is not necessarily that, you know, um, adverb. No, that'd be wistfully. Mm-hmm. But soundscapes we can toss right out of there because yeah. I had not seen um, In Fabric yet. And so I was, for some reason, I, probably just because of Bavarian Sound Studio, I was expecting more sound design not that the sound design in yep. duke of burgundy and that film are like us you know crappy or not thought of at all or anything it's just not something that is a focus like yeah he's not constructing Barbarian. he's not constructing the the entire movie around that yes mm-hmm. um but so my new word would be demented <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually broke Google. I was like, "Hey Google, what's a word for gleefully demented?" And then it gave me uh, the an antonym for tackling. Oh, right. Or a, syn- a synonym for tackling, and I'm like, I think I broke it. So yeah, he's definitely <laughs> sneaking in that demented humor, uh, demented performances. I mean, things just with if you think about how bonkers Mm -hmm. in fabric gets (laughs) how weird um duke of burgundy gets and of course the 
the the strangeness of Barbarian from mm-hmm. uh, beginning to end. Of course, Catalan Varga is still the wild card in this. It's not like the other films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, it's, um, brooding, demented, and wistful. Yeah, I think to, to to be fair on that one, I think we kind of covered it well in our reviews. I think he always likes to do. He likes to challenge himself in doing or paying homage to genres which are known for being on the extreme, but doing a version which surprisingly doesn't go as far as the movies he's ebbing, but at the same time, you don't lose any of the flair of the punch. So we'll do a kind of sexploitation movie, but we're not actually going to see anything. Um, we're gonna do uh, you know kind of this like freak out Jallo movie, but you're not really gonna see anything. We're gonna do a rape revenge movie, but it's not gonna be like a rape revenge movie that you've seen before. And that the yeah. act itself is something that you're never gonna see to pivot the sympathy towards the character. You're just there. And even in, in Fabric, it's a movie which is about a, like a possessed or haunted dress where we only see a couple of shots of the dress actually doing supernaturally sort of things it's just the way characters interact that seems to change uh, it's everything else that's a bit weird and maybe the dress is the normal part uh, even though it floats <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I see where you're coming from I, I like that about him I think he's a, he's an edgy director without being a prick um, which I think is important I think there's a lot of there's a lot of directors out there that are <coughs> Eli Roth uh, there are a lot of directors out there that that's my Eli Roth cough um, yeah, you know where like, you hear them talk and it's clear that they're fans of the genre but there's a there's a disconnect between well you know Lenzi did that so I must be I'm a, I must outdo Lenzi in order to pay homage and it's like well that's not really how that works you know sometimes nodding the cap in the direction of Mr. Lenzi is enough to pay homage without trying to outdo what he did, which at the time was kind of tacky anyway, so yeah, I think think Strickland's got a good head on his shoulders for that. Um, In terms of looking back over his filmography as a whole, I know it's only four movies, but what a what a journey on those four movies from Catelyn Varga to In Fabric. in terms of like him as a director, do you think long term he can sustain as his backbone that idea of working within, uh, you know, being lip service to an extent, but specifically an interest towards a genre of decades ago now, and at that one, one that has a kind of niche cult span for fandoms, but at the same time make movies which appear to come across as highbrow art? Uh, you know, as long as he keeps subverting things the way he does, mm-hmm. I think yes. Yeah. I mean, what if he made a straight-up slasher movie with no slasher, you know, like... <laughs> or he made a, a possession movie like um, Oz Perkins did. Yes. With um, uh, Bla- The Black Coat's Daughter, where it, it's a possession movie, but there's only, like, a couple of moments that are familiar to uh, possession movie mm-hmm. fans, mm-hmm. you know? Like, like. wait, what is this movie? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, it was a mo- she was possessed by a demon. Oh, okay, and you get that after you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I could see, I could see Strickland doing some other genre obsession, obsessive things, and then he keeps 
uh, subverting what we think. Because I, I sure as hell know that in fabric was not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. And Duke of Burgundy, honestly, is it is subtly homaging Jean Roland and Jess Franco to the point where I didn't even realize that there wasn't like any overt sex scenes or overt nudity. Mm-hmm. It didn't even cl- click until after I'd seen it. And I went, oh yeah, that's neat. You know, he did something different. So, Or he'll do something so bonkers that we don't even know what it is. We'll like, is this a film? Yeah, I think you're right. I think there, there is a, a potential it, there for him to do a myriad of different things that I would love to see him do. Um, and like maybe even progress beyond the realms of the 70s, which is obviously where he's, his real interest is genre-wise, but to see him maybe start to to tackle some of the genres that became more mainstay in the 80s would be fascinating. I would love to see him do like a really slow-burn psychological horror movie, like Alla the Shining or something, but see what he would bring to that because he is just such a yeah. vision for detail that you, you, you don't know. I think that's the exciting thing from my point of view is like we can name a bunch of directors that are making movies just now and if I told you there was a new film coming out by them chances are you have a very good idea what that's going to look like and feel like and I can't say the same going through those four four (laughs) movies about Peter Strickland I can tell you it'll look beautiful I can tell you the soundtrack will be bitching but I couldn't for the life of tell you what the movie's going to be about who's going to be it you know all those things that just feel kind of like it'd be interesting to see him do like a kind of siege movie kind of a la, you know, Assault in Precinct 13, you know, loads of different Ooh. things, but I think time will out on him. I think he's a director who just is very, he's very interesting and I, I know sometimes we use that word as a kind of passive-aggressive way of saying not good um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, how do I look today? Oh, well, that outfit's interesting um, and that'll get you a slap, so don't do that. Always good, always good even if not. See Brad, Brad and I, Brad of Hello, This is the Doomed Show mm-hmm. fame, our uh, code for not good is, oh, that's a very personal film from the director. <laughs> we throw that around. It's a passion subtle, project. Like, it yeah, sucks. That, that's, that's another <laughs> one. Passion. This is his passion project, which means this is the movie that no one wanted to see except this guy, <laughs> including the go. fans. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, like only four movies is shown now. A huge scope of what he can do, and I, st- like I said before, I still don't think his best movies happened yet. I think he's young enough, talented enough for sure that his best movie is is somewhere on the horizon. So, hey, I like your enthusiasm, <laughs> your positivity. You are my kind of guy. There we go. There we go, Richard. I just want to thank you once again for taking part in this season Ooh, of Walk Around I- There. Yes. Can I add one more thing? Of course, always, always. I, I compared the soundtracks. I uh, I listened to uh, Barbarian Sound Studio, which is <laughs> just a bonkers soundtrack. Oh, it's mental, yeah. And I and I listened to Duke of Burgundy soundtrack again, and I listened to In Fabric soundtrack again. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Catalan Varg, I did not revisit your soundtrack, <laughs> ma'am. Please, please kill me. So, the all three are very different, except. Even though they're all different people making the soundtracks, they all have a similar lush piece. They have similarly lush pieces to mm-hmm. them, like very dreamy. When they get to that 
dare I say, wistful pieces of music. <laughs> so what there's just use? this common thread that I, I, I never realized was connecting all three pieces. There are pieces of music that you could switch between all three films. I don't know how he got people to make the same type of music for mm -hmm. all three films, but he did. And so, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. No, it's just, uh, and like I said before, that's his background. His background is in sound design, so it doesn't surprise. He he personally picked like each of these obscure little groups um, to be involved with that uh, that are known for making experimental music. So, but the fact that you've kind of cottoned onto that that theme, you know, a, a thematic kind of dreamlike tone that each soundtrack's using, I think, just goes to show for the fact that that's a partnership from him and the, the, the musicians involved, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like I say, I can't thank you enough for doing uh, season two. Um, like yeah. I say, as and when Peter Strickland releases more stuff, we will have you back to discuss those movies as addendums to this, this series in general. But uh, for the last time, Richard, just tell the people out there where they can check out the phenomenal work you're doing in the podcast world um, after the show. Um, I am of a show called Hello, This is the Doomed Show, and uh, we're on legionpodcast.com and hellodoomedshow.podomatic.com. Uh, a lot of our show is words. Some of it is also speaking talk. <laughs> and you've got a couple of books out there that people can buy on Amazon. What are those books? Yeah. Uh, Amazon.com, everybody. Wow. Help them out in their tr these trying times. Uh, Doomed Moviethon is uh, one book I wrote. Uh, Giallo Meltdown is another book I wrote. And because I'm a son of a bitch, son I wrote a, a third book called Cinema Somnambulist. Phenomenal. Richard, once again, thank you very much for joining me on this season. Ladies and gents, you don't have long to wait before season three. In fact, season three is dropping uh, a couple of hours after this episode drops. So uh, you can join myself and you may have heard of this man, Bo Ransdell. He's a, he's a fairly aloof, very difficult to track down, oh, not, you know, not popular, not uh, enthusiastic and you know fairly narrow-minded. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a copy of the red dress from in fabric and ship it to him. <laughs> I don't want him to die from the dress, so I want it. But I want to see him in it. I'm desperate. I mean, if anyone could pull that dress off as well, Ransdell, let's be honest. Mm. Mm -hmm. it's, a, mm. it's a slice of warm pie. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, that episode will be dropping in a couple of hours' time. It's going to feature myself and Bo uh, doing the long haul 11 episodes looking at David Fincher starting off with the Ooh. the movie that almost broke him um, like as in broke his spirit and his desire to be a director Alien 3 that's right a movie that has very little studio involvement that's a lie um, that's a lie <laughs> that's a big lie right Richard thank you very much ladies and gents thank you for having me and very short time um, but until then, take care of yourself. For the last time of season two, bye everyone. Goodbye.